Good morning, happy Easter, and welcome to Wake Up to Work From Home, our weekly reality check on all things WFH. I'm Barry Ennis, and today I'm joined by the wonderful Lisa Paul, lecturer in occupational therapy at Robert Gordon University, Aberdeen, and our very own little Easter chick, Polly Downs, resident coach specialising in coaching parents and families. So following a 700% increase of domestic abuse helplines, just days ago, the Home Secretary launched the hashtag you are not alone campaign, focusing attention on the very real issues hidden behind lockdown doors. Now, as we come to the end of a warm Easter break, usually packed with family Easter egg hunts, barbecues and religious gatherings, we look at how best we can manage relationships in isolation with our partners, friends and family, community and self. How can our relationships with others and ourselves thrive or survive this period of lockdown? So Lisa has pursued her dream of becoming the crazy cat lady living by the sea, minus the cats, after discovering she doesn't really like cats. Her professional experience as an occupational therapist has inspired her sensory toolkit to stay soothingly nourished and in touch with herself. And while managing three kids, a dog, and a relationship across the pond, Polly is well-versed on managing distance love. Our format is simple. We take three topics and share our insights. We're not experts, but have real life experience and ideas that we will share honestly and with a positive and practical focus. It's a panel discussion, so no need to worry about being on camera. Just get a cup of tea, sit back and watch and take part by sending us your views and questions in the chat box below. And we'll be running some live polls throughout. They'll pop up as we go. So today we're going to have a look at friends and family, romance and self. So welcome both of you, Polly. Has lockdown meant no Easter bunny, therefore no Easter eggs this year? I did manage to do a quick dash to Lidl on um, Saturday evening, and so yes, the Easter bunny came on time. What did you get? Was it a Rolo? <laughs> toffee crisp. Toffee <laughs> crisp. God, that's a bit of a throwback, isn't it, a toffee crisp? I know. And Lisa, did the Easter sun make it up there to Aberdeen? Oh, not quite, no, it didn't quite. It was rather freezing yesterday in the garden, but the Easter Bunny did make it. Oh, really? left me a little parson on the doorstep, a little homemade cookie for my friends, which was very nice to get. Oh, I just ate a massive kilogram bar of dairy milk last night. Happy Easter to me. So let's start. Our first topic is family and friends. Um, so Lisa, let's start with you. Who would you normally be spending Easter with? How would you normally be spending Easter? Yeah, <clears throat> so Easter for me is a religious um, celebration um, and I would normally um, be heading down to uh, family, to my parents who are about two and a half, three hours away. Um, but I guess for me, that was the, the first um, real kind of um, challenge. Um, I've, I've been very happy in my little bubble um, on my own at home. Um, but when it comes to celebrations like that, that, that was a bit different for me. So um, I still made my lovely um, uh, uh, Easter dinner and nourished myself with it. And we connected over um, Messenger um, as a family last night. So there was about eight of us all chatting. As we do in Scotland, Thanks. we all talk at the same time and we all talk very loudly. And we all track all the conversations. So all of that happened online last night. Um, and was it, was it, I was just thinking, and you know, was it more contact than you would normally have, do you think, or was it about the same? Um, my family are 
a very close-knit extended family um, so whenever we are together there is definitely a lot of contact a lot of banter and humor and um, and I think that you know we we were able to maintain that on an online uh, way um, what was missing was the hugs and the kisses and the the kind of you know cajoling and all that kind of stuff um, and then the the children weren't then as involved, so the little ones, so my nieces and nephews and things, weren't quite as um, engaged in that process as the adults were. So, um, so it was different, but we still we still kept the connection, I think, as well as you could do. Yeah. And Polly, what about you? Well, we were probably a wee bit more sober, Barry, at the end of it. <laughs> were you, were you, did you have a little tipple? Yeah, there were definitely tipples. Yeah. Tipples. <laughs> Polly, with your hangover this morning, how were your tipples last night? <laughs> jo, what's, what's Easter like for your lot? Uh, well, I think when you just said, do you normally spend it with family? There's no expectation, but I think we do normally go and see my parents who are also yeah. about three hours away. Um, so, and definitely we'd always make the most of those four days off work and the school holidays. So it yesterday I had them for the morning and then they went to their dad's because we divorced for the afternoon and it was quite nice because we got a bit of, it felt eastery and then they left and I had quite a relaxed day and the sunshine helped but um I did miss my I really did miss my parents yesterday I'm trying I don't think I even spoke to them which is really bad isn't it no <laughs> it feels like a normal day doesn't it that's there's no sort of delineation. It was like when my, my partner's working from home, like in a proper job, and it's like, oh, we've got Friday and Monday off. <laughs> I was like, really? It doesn't feel like any different. No, well, think... it might feel like a really long weekend for some people who are still working. Mm -hmm. When you're yeah. home, you haven't got much choice of things to do. Yeah. We used to always go, I mean, my nan's been dead now for a few years, but we used to always do the Easter egg hunt in her garden. And there was that kind of, it's the first year, I think, in about four or five years that I've kind of really missed Nana at, Chris, at, at Easter. Mm -hmm. um, and it was that sense of interaction that I think you don't, you know, obviously you can't really get. Um, but a really good friend of mine, she's got two boys, she's on her own, and she did her own sort of treasure hunt in the garden for the kids. And it's nice to see people kind of having a go at <laughs> sort of keeping it going. Lisa, you mentioned that sort of lack of tactility, which I know is something that you've got some views on. Yeah, so um, a friend of mine um, was explaining how she's having a very different experience of being home alone during um, this lockdown period. Um, and it got me thinking about, well, what was it that, that was different for me? And I realised that um, quite a lot of um, what I do and through my knowledge of being an occupational therapist um, I was able to kind of connect up to um, about um, the sensory experience so, so we're all we all experience the world through our senses mm. um, and what was missing was that if you are quite a tactile person if you're a hugger um, and you're home alone or even home with people who don't want to be hugged <laughs> quite possibly yeah. um, it, it's quite a, a difficult period of time um, because you're not getting that feedback. Um, so I kind of shared some um, ideas around it, how to meet that that needs uh, while you're on your own. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of ended up being, you know, this sensory toolkit that that's kind of um, 
resonated with a lot of people. So, you know, one of the things I, I would always do a lot, particularly in periods of time where um, maybe I'm going through a period of change or something's kind of triggered me um, is a hot bubble bath. Um, and just that whole experience of um, soothing warmth and, and kind of um, lovely feeling of, of bubble and actual bubbles, like, you know, get yeah. the bubbles in there. I've got sparkly bubble baths, which again is just that kind of beautiful experience. The candles, scented candles around the house. Um, and I also use those to kind of trigger different um, um, beginnings and endings of my day as well. So obviously we're all having to set up a little workspace in the house. So a way for me to transition is to have a different scent that triggers this is me now in work, this is me now finishing work, um, mm. and you know, so around the house and in different spaces and cleaning things away and things so it's not visually um, triggering that, that work is still going on in my home. Um, and also, like, um, I wasn't, I'm not one for moisturising every day in terms of like body moisturiser, but now I am. I'm really moisturising um, every day, A, because we're indoors more and skin dries out, blah, 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 particularly mm. in Scotland when your heating's still on. Yeah. Um, so um, lots of moisturisation and body scrubs. And I've got a, a fantastic fluffy carpet that I dig my feet into and I even I do kind that. of angels in the, this lovely carpet. Um, because you were the one that said about getting the good towels out. I remember you saying, yes, before, yes. So I've got this amazing, really luxurious, like beach towel that I bought in Canada years ago that literally just stays under the bed because it's it was a lot of money. And I've now just it's now my everyday towel and it's lovely. It's beautiful, yeah. And I get them into the tumble dryer and really fluff them up <laughs> and get that lovely feeling of like luxury hotel feeling when you come out the bath or the shower or whatever. And the best bedding you've got, get the best yeah. bedding on, get it freshened up every other week, and that lovely smell of your your um, washing powder, or, or if you're lucky enough to be able to hang them out on the line, can't appear yet, um, and that fresh smell when you're going into bed, and you know, lovely fluffy pyjamas or whatever you've got, fluffy socks or whatever. I know you guys are getting like 25 degrees and stuff now, but up here we've still got the winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to say. Yeah, Polly, are you, are you into your sort of luxury spa retreat in Ballon? No, but it is my intention. <laughs> in fact, I decided, um, so yesterday I decided I was going to stop drinking for a bit. Um, so my intention was to mark the difference between day and evening, because I think that's where the drinking's become. I've been drinking every day because I just think it's like that celebration that it's six o'clock and it's time to move into evening time. <laughs> So I thought instead what I'll do is go and wash my face, use lovely moisturiser and be all kind of in that relaxed evening mode, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the intention, I will think about doing that. Um, and I totally, I love the idea of the candles, but I, I totally see that that would be, it would make such a difference. I think for me just actually stopping and sitting down is, feels quite luxurious at the moment when and yeah, it's there. So, actually, appreciating the silence and stillness is, is very—it's um, quite unusual for me to have that space. Mm. Mm. One of the polls that we put out um, asks: Are you now more in touch with friends and family since social distancing? And seventy-one percent of people are saying yes. So, there's a sense that we've got this increased. Uh, this increased connectivity. And I know we talked about doing a special one of these on specifically that, that kind of demand on 
FaceTime and Zoom time and screen time. Um, and we'll, we'll put that in. But interestingly, people are more in touch. Uh, yeah. I've actually struggled with that. that that's the one, the one bit that I'm really struggling with. I, um, I'm definitely a nester and people don't believe me, but I am actually an introvert. So I, am, I love the fact that I've got, I don't have to go out. I don't have to socialise. I can concentrate on painting and writing and all the other things that really feed my soul. Um, but what I'm really struggling with is this kind of um, eye fatigue from being in front of a screen all the time for work. And then also that's the way that, that people, friends and family are connected and engaging. And my ears are constantly vibrating from that kind of um, synthetic sound of people's voices at the minute. And I, I'm struggling gonna, with that. We're going to get you back on, I think, Lisa, because I think there's a lot in that. And I'd be really yeah. interested hear your your kind of expert view on it but you were talking about candles and bubbles and towels and fluffiness and it I guess it moves us on to romance this kind of yeah. romancing yourself and and yeah. romance is an interesting one as I said at the top about everybody's experience is very different here in terms of kind of love romance and, and partners and I think the three of us all have a very different story to tell yeah. about romance um, I, I think I'll probably start by sharing, and he is listening. But me and my partner have definitely been on the love roller coaster, not in the exciting way. And being locked in with each other has, at first, really strained our relationship to the absolute extent. I would say that the kind of the final sinew, as the government keeps saying, but we seem to have now come through into a different area now of appreciation. Um, it's not the story for everyone, but. I just wondered, again, Polly, I know your relationship situation is slightly more complicated than, than mine at times, um, but how, what are your tips in terms of managing things long distance? I love the way you ask me for tips, like I'm doing, I'm doing it successfully. You are! Come on, you're still in it. That's, that's um, a mom. Well, in many ways, possibly it's not as difficult as it is for other people, because, well, especially people who are being, who are distanced, who aren't normally. So communication wise, we already, most of our communication is obviously through video call or phone call or message. Um, we learned pretty early on that text messages generally turn into a massive argument. And there's so, but obviously that's often the only way that we can communicate and with the time difference as well. So I think we're just being probably more sensitive. What I've realised, not just from my relationship, but from other people and my relationships with my children and other people that I know, is that um, we're all really overreacting to everything because there's this underlying level of stress going on, that our reactions and our triggers are so much stronger than they would normally be. So I think we're generally a little less forgiving of mistakes and things. So I'd say... For us, we'd say this is kind of, I don't know, this feels a bit cheesy to, to admit to potentially lots of people, but um, we are, with my hours exercise, I try and save it up for when he wakes up and we go for a walk and talk oh, together now, yes. which, <laughs> which feels a little bit like we see each other. And I know that's so obviously we don't see each other and it's not on video because I'd probably end up in a ditch, but we do, it does feel a bit more it feels a little bit romantic and like we're making time for each other yeah and were you doing that before yeah. lockdown did you do that before? No. yeah so no. that's a new but, kind of habit 
Yeah, and we were meant to be on holiday this week and things. So it's just trying to do things that feel like we're actually making time for each other rather than just carrying on doing what we're doing whilst talking. And Lisa, did I, do I remember that you were kind of dating before this lockdown? Oh, Barry, throw <laughs> all my secrets to the world. <laughs> oh, I've tried all sorts, all sorts. Um, and I, I, I have tried and given up and tried and given up with um, online dating platforms and stuff like that. Um, and I don't like them. I really quite um, rebel against them. And I think it's, for me, it's, it's about the energy when you're with someone in a space Mm. I think that's hard to kind of you, you could go through two months of this building up a really great um, connect or what you think is a connection and then you meet and it's just not it's not there so for me I I'm taking the time just really to kind of look after myself yeah. rather than actually out and look for any kind of relationship um, and yeah. this process um, rather than and um, however um Online dating is like a full-time job, so you know if if um, that that is hard to kind of fit in with going to work, connecting with friends, and things like yeah. that. So I don't know. People might find it actually is quite a good opportunity to to begin to build up. And at the end of the day, we, you could end up with a really great friend at the end of it, um, if nothing else, because you've you've yeah. had that time to connect and get to know someone. Actually, that makes Sorry, Lisa. That just fits. So um, I could offer a tip, which is don't give up on those relationships yeah. because actually I didn't meet him through online dating, but I did. Our relationship started through messaging and we messaged and chatted for three months before we actually met. And I always feel like that's done us a huge favour because we've got so many of the foundations built in and understood yeah. each other's values a lot better than we may have done had it just been a kind of physical meeting yeah interestingly Polly I had a similar a similar relationship um about five six years ago where where we were connected through a friend lived in different countries a lot of building up writing texts and phone calls and doing visits and it yeah it was a beautiful way of building and developing a relationship unfortunately that didn't evolve into a long-term situation but it, it does help you to kind of um not rush into that whole hormonal connection which can confuse the whole yeah is it a real connection or is it not yeah I was talking to some friends last night we were doing our kind of weekly zoom quiz thing and I won't name her but uh, I was telling her that we we're doing this today and she was like well I'm kind of dating I kind of was I'd met this guy and we were kind of in touch and but now it's just gone a bit boring <laughs> and I was like well how could you spice it up a bit <laughs> And it's interesting, we may do a special on this, but um, just how do you deal with sexuality through that? You know, does it just stay in the friend zone because you're just communicating and you don't quite know how to cross that barrier? And, and it was a really interesting kind of conversation that, you know, you could, you could start having a conversation through kind of computer, mm -hmm. computer mediated stuff. But I think there's this validation and being in touch piece which a lot of the dating apps got a lot of critique for is that a lot of people are just messaging and never meeting yeah. up and it was a bit yeah. of a time wasting process. Well, if people have got time to waste because they're furloughed or they've got not anything else to do, it may well be a great way of just keeping in touch with different people, meet, you know, meeting different people. Mm -hmm. um, 
and as we said at the top, it's not the experience for everyone. And I, and I just want to reflect on when, it, when me and Rob weren't in a good place a few weeks ago. It was misery. It, it's really hard to not be able to go anywhere, to not be able to kind of really phone my friends and have that kind of honest conversation about what's really going on you know, forever just walking the streets, talking, talking to my friends. And it must be incredibly difficult. And I know at the end of this and in the comments, I'm going to share some of the kind of government resources that they've sent out in terms of helplines that can be supportive and text lines and all of that. So we're all pretty fortunate, I would say, here in our different circumstances, but I know it's not the same for everybody. Um, but Lisa, you were saying there about self, you were kind of starting to yeah. talk about the person that you can have a really good relationship with then is yourself. And mm. the poll that we sent out uh, this morning was, are you getting to know yourself on a deeper level now? And 75% of people say yes. So clearly people are starting to, to recognize this. And I just wondered if there was any kind of additional tips that you've got in terms of looking after yourself right now. Um. So what I've done is I've um, reconnected um, with um, activities that are that were really important to me that, that kind of have been eked out by working long hours. Um, and, you know, I'm only a few years into lecturing, so I'm still at that apprenticeship learning stage where it really does kind of take over um, all of my time. So I've actually been able to... Um, find time now to kind of reconnect with painting and writing which is what feeds my soul so I think for people to really maybe spend some time thinking about what what is it that that um that works for you on your own where you are getting to know you know and, and anybody that paints or writes it doesn't matter what you're painting or writing there is an element of yourself within it that you can sit and contemplate afterwards so whether you think you've got a skill or not I would I would absolutely recommend kind of picking up a pen or um, paintbrush or whatever you've got around the house, whether it's emulsion or, or whatever, try it out. And just that process of, of doing, mindfully doing activities can be really um, and, um, connectful to your inner self, really, and understanding what is the experience. And I think it's really important not to kind of um, deny how you're feeling going through this kind of experience um, that we're all we're all going through, and I think like Polly was kind of saying about that whole kind of um, polished, perfect world that that can be put out there at any time, but but even now, and that this is um, this is not this isn't normal. It is not normal, and it's not even we're all talking about working from home, and we're not we're not really working from home. We're we're working from home is a normal way of being and doing um, this is not normal for all of us Those who normally work from home this is normal perhaps but you wouldn't normally have all your family at home as well while you were doing that you know so I think recognizing that these are unusual circumstances and connecting with what 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 did you what did you love as a child go back to doing that again the child. So I have become obsessed with my fire pit. I bought a fire pit the other day, as you, as you both know. And my luxury now is just sitting out there. In we've got a little shared space here. We live in a kind of community block thing, and just sitting, staring at the fire. I mean, 
And I used to do that, like camping and old kind of school trips as a kid. And I, I was out there till three in the morning the other day, just yeah. staring at the fire. Yeah. And just really not, I mean, I do write and I do do kind of creative stuff, but not, I wasn't kind of producing anything from it. I was just having these thoughts and I guess it was meditation. I was just kind of staring at the fire, keeping it going. And there was just something really soothing about that. Yeah. Um, and any activity could, could do that for someone. Um, whatever, whatever's in your daily routine, just slowing it down and paying attention to how you're doing it and what you're doing and what does it mean for you. You know, our, our activities or our occupations, our day-to-day -day activities are a representation of who we are and, and a sense of identity comes from that. And a lot of us will have, have, have experienced a, a real kind of um, loss of activities which will impact on our sense of self and well-being. And well, what was it about them and what could you replicate in this diminished kind of environment that we're having to um, restrict ourselves to for a period of time? Um, and, and what else could actually meet that need? within yourself to reflect who you are. And Paul, you talked about trying to create quietness. You know, mm -hmm. there was that sense of stillness. And I know that you've got four animals running around your house constantly. <laughs> how do you, how can you create some sanctuary in that? I was just thinking this when you were talking, Lisa, because I was thinking, oh, what am I doing? And actually I tell my clients all the time that they need to focus on self-care and I'm always asking what they're doing for themselves. And Actually, I feel like I've never been so busy um, in terms of like, just domestic stuff, which I absolutely hate. It's like the most energy sapping thing ever for me to even you know, wash up. So um, I did, I was really lucky to do a two day coaching course last year with a Zen Buddhist monk. And I remember her the whole time she talked about the importance of rituals. So I do have one ritual a day, which is I make myself a really nice cup of tea. And during this time, I make sure that I have 10 minutes to sit and drink it and do nothing else. And that's like my morning, it's definitely not meditation because my mind is going everywhere, but it's just my morning stillness. So I think that kind of sets me up for the day. And I think I've made a mental adjustment which is around not feeling sorry for myself and actually feeling really grateful and not in an annoying, like, oh, everybody be positive all the time because I don't feel positive all the time at all. But actually, I do feel really, really grateful to have my three kids who are, as Barry said, animals. But to have them there with me some of the week, I feel grateful to have my break from them when they go to their dads for a night or two a week. Um, I feel grateful to have family and friends to talk to, but I also feel really grateful that I've got to this point of just enjoying my own company and liking to be still, because I used to hate that feeling. And I do think this is probably quite a big issue for other people at the moment. And real extroverts who fill their lives being out and busy to suddenly be trapped inside. You know, this is where you're very likely to be turning to alcohol or something that's not a good way to fill your time or not a healthy way to fill your time because it's to try and try and avoid that silence that you've spent your life avoiding. So those yeah. kind of people I, you know, I feel concerned about. I love the idea of rituals and I was just going to show this, my little candle, my little self-care <laughs> candle. And I just, it just can be simple as that, just lighting a candle and, or having a cup of tea or just something really accessible that you've got that just becomes your regular kind of do one thing a day that just marks your moment in time. 
I've also just noticed that Mariana has just suggested on the chat box that we do do a special sex edition. So we'll be inviting Mariana for that. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm sure Polly will keep her camera off for that, uh, that episode. But um, I think we should look at the issue of how we're handling sex. Oh, the blushes are coming. But we'll <laughs> why, you're, why you're making me the proof? Why would proof. I turn my camera off? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have mine on full frontal, you know it. Um, there's so much to talk about on, in this area, isn't it? And I feel like we can't do, any, we can't do it justice at all um, in half an hour. But I guess what would be really interesting is to kind of hear what your number one sort of top tips would be um, in terms of how we manage our relationships with ourselves and others um, in this weird time. Um, Polly, what do you think? Um, well, I know that we've been digressing a lot. So back to relationships, I think, um, I think the most important thing is just to be gentle in your relationships. Mm. You know, try be aware that we're all prone to overreacting or having extreme reactions now. So just be very gentle in your exchanges and be very gentle with yourself. Mm, I love that. Thank you, Lisa. Um, I, I would um, say that taking time to think about um, different activities that you could do at home that are nurturing for yourself, if you're like me on your own, um, to think about, well, what what activities could I do and what was important for me? And thinking about different times in your life where you might have tried different things and could you do them now? Um, I have um, I, uh, I have a, a terrible allergy to exercise and I have taken to yoga every day, A, for back care because we're all sitting like this, but also it, it's quite a therapeutic process and it's part of that exercise that we all need as well. So I, I have explored new activities as well that are still... Um, meaningful and just try as much as you can like YouTube's got loads of um, ideas on it as well and I, like connect with your friends and like well, well what are you doing and how are you um what activities are you doing that are, are meaningful and um enjoyable um as well and and still get out like your your one day your you know your one hour of exercise a day in whatever way you want to to kind of do that is get out and get the fresh air even if it is standing at your front door as well and I think for me it would probably be building on Polly's point to a degree it's a piece of advice that a friend gave me recently during my own relationship journey which was to don't to not do anything that can't be undone um so don't I guess it's don't make any drastic decisions but don't do anything that can't be repaired just for now <laughs> just because Quite rightly, there's this underlying low level of stress, like a fog in the air that we don't necessarily see or hold or touch, but is present for everybody. And it's, it's increasing our kind of baseline of worry, isn't it? And um, yeah, I've had to really sit with that for a while and kind of challenge myself to stay with things, even though they felt like I've wanted to bolt. Um, again, not true for everybody, but for me, it's just trying to find the love and the kindness in things, um, even the small things. Difficult. But look, that's our time for today. In fact, we're a little bit over. Very naughty. Very naughty ladies. <laughs> um, but thank you both for offering up your time again for free. Lisa and Polly, you're both amazing. As we said, uh, I'm going to put some links in the comments, wherever this goes on YouTube, some, with some various lines. But the 24-hour National Domestic Abuse Helpline number, I want to say here, which is 0808 2247, and it's run by Refuge. 
Um, we'll be back next week. We may be back with a sex edition next week, um, but we'll see. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and partaking. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.